continuing from the tafsir of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the biography of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In our last class, walillahi ta'ala alhamd, we read Ghazwa al-Badr al-Kubra, the great battle of Badr. And this was the first victory for the Muslim. Now in order for us to understand why this battle took place and how this battle took place, there were some introductions to events concerning that battle. Specifically that battle and generally the struggles and the battles of the Anbiya, the Prophet Taala. So one of the things we did in the previous classes we mentioned is that Sunan Allah Taala, Allah Taala's laws in his creation, universal law, they never ever ever change. And one of the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sunnah to tadafur, the sunnah of repentance. That the struggle between the truth and the falsehood is a continuous struggle. So in order to keep the evil in check, it has to be, it has to be repelled by what? By the good, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. وَلَوْلَا دَفْعُ اللَّهِ النَّاسَ بَعْضُهُمْ بِبَعْضٍ لَفَسَدَةِ If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not check or repel one set of people or another set of people, the whole earth will become what? Corrupted. So based on this sunnah to defterdafur, based on this repellence, many battles they took place even before the battle of Badr. And the mushrikeen, because of their sirah, they struggle against the truth, even though the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had left Mecca. A majority of the companions, they left Mecca and made hijrah to Medina. They did not stop in their cave, their planning, their plotting, and trying to attack the Muslims in many different ways. So one of the things we covered previously was, one of the first things they did was to make a declaration of war. That anybody from the people of Medina, even from the nobles of the people of Medina, is considered to be an enemy from an enemy state and is no longer safe. Anyone, be it Muslim or non-Muslim, they made the first declaration of war, not the Muslims. And we mentioned an incident concerning one of the nobles of Medina, Sa'd ibn Mu'adh. And what did we mention concerning Sa'd ibn Mu'adh? That it was from the nobles of the people of Medina. And in Jahiliyyah, in him and Umayyah ibn Khalaf, they were friends. And even in Islam. So every time Umayyah would go to Medina, it would be hosted by Sa'd ibn Mu'adh. And any time Sa'd ibn Mu'adh go to Mecca, it would be hosted by who? Umayyah ibn Khalaf. So after accepting Islam, Sa'd ibn Mu'ad went to Mecca and was hosted by Umayyah ibn Khalaf and they bumped into the Fir'aun of this Ummah, Abu Jahl. And Abu Jahl, he saw Umayyah ibn Khalaf with Sa'd ibn Mu'ad from the people of Medina. And Abu Jahl, he knew, he knows who Sa'd is. But he asked Umayyah ibn Khalaf, Man who is this? He said Sa'd. He said, this is Sa'd. He knew who he was. So Abu, uh, Abu Jahl, he said to him, Da ala araka. تَتُوفُ بِمَكَّ آمِنًا وَقَدْ أَوَيْتُمْ That I can't believe I could see you wandering around Mecca in a state of security and you have protected those who have left their religion. وَتُعِينُهُمْ And you're aiding them. وَاللَّهِ لَوْلَا أَنَّكَ مَعَ أَبِي صَفْوَانِ مَا رَجَعْتَ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِكَ سَالِمًا If it wasn't for the fact you have a Safwan, Umayyah ibn Khalaf, you not have gone back to your family alive. That's the only thing saving you. So this was a declaration of war that nobody from the people of Medina who come into Mecca no longer except with a security contract or guarantee of security. 
So then, Sa'ad ibn Mu'ali raised his voice. He said, if you prevent me from making or going around Mecca, I'll prevent you from something even greater than this. Meaning, your trade which passes through the root of Medina, I'll stop it passing through Medina. So they continued to make this declaration of war. And they continued with the mushrikeen, the policies of Medina, encouraging them and urging them to attack the Muslims in where? In Medina. So the mushrikeen of Mecca, they wrote a letter to the mushrikeen of Medina. And in that letter they said to them, that, innakum awaitum sahibana. You're giving refuge to our companion. Meaning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the mushrikeen said this, and we swear to you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're going to fight him, we're going to kill him, and we're going to expel him from Medina. And we're going to come to you in our full capacity of all our forces. And not only are going to kill Muhammad and expel him, we're going to kill all of your army. So they're not only threatening the Muslim, but even the Mushrikeen of Medina. It's an enemy state now. We're going to kill your army. We're going to take your women. The Muslims are the non-Muslims. When that reached Abdullah ibn Ubay, and those with him from the Mushrikeen, they went to attack the Prophet that you have to leave. And then the Prophet he said to them, that, are you going to fight against me and your own people, meaning the Muslims from the Muhajirin, for the sake of the Quraysh? Then they turn back. So the Mushrikeen, they continue with this plotting. So before the Battle of Badr, we mentioned there was many Ghazawat and many Saraya. And we said there's a difference between Ghazwa and Sariya. And what are the difference between these two? Who could remember? What's the difference between Ghazwa and Sariya? What's the difference between the two? Now. Now. A ghazwa is when the Prophet took part in the battle. So any battle with the Prophet was there, it's a ghazwa. And the number could be much or little, and there may be fighting, no fighting. But the Prophet will be in attendance. And what's the Sariya? He wasn't there, he was sent people. And usually the numbers were small. They may be fighting or fighting, or simply it could just be for reconnaissance. So there were many, there were six, I think, we covered all together. And the last battle before Ghazwatul Badr was what battle? The last battle before Badr, Ghazwa, was which battle? Huh? La, that's not Sariya. Ghazwa. What was the last Ghazwa before Ghazwa Badr? The last battle before the Battle of Badr. Huh? The last battle was Ghazwatul Badr. Meaning Ghazwatul Badr al Ula, the first battle of Badr. Or as Sughra, the minor battle of Badr. And what was the purpose behind this battle of Badr? What did we say last week? Why did they have this battle of Badr? What was the purpose behind this battle? The purpose behind the battle was the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He knew that the Quraysh, they had a wihlatan. They had two tricks. They had two trips, one in the summer and one in the winter. The one in the summer towards where? Asham, Syria, Jordan. And the one in the winter towards where? Yemen. 
So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it was summer. He knew they'll be heading with their trade caravans to where? To Asham. So he laid in ambush and wanted to attack their caravan. Why would the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam attack the caravans and take the wealth of the mushrikeen? Why? And this is a very important question that needs answering, so we understand the context behind it. The reason the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was doing this. Not because he didn't stick to his covenant, not because he wanted to just rob them for the sake of robbing them, but rather the Muhajireen, those who migrated from Mecca to Medina, their wealth was forcibly taken from them. Such as Suhaim, radiallahu anhu, that it was one of the wealthiest from the people of Mecca, that when he was leaving, the Mushrikeen, they said, You came to us as a poor person, now you're even rich. So he knew what they wanted. They wanted his wealth. He said, if I give you all of my wealth, will you allow me to leave? They said, yes. And upon approaching Medina, the Prophet ﷺ received revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning the action of Suhaim. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Rabiha, Abu Yahya. Profitable is the trade of Abu Yahya Suhaim. He gave up everything for the sake of Allah. Some others, they left in fear. These people leaving their homes in fear today. If you leave somewhere in fear, you're going to leave everything behind. They left behind their properties, they left behind their wealth, they left behind their businesses. So the Prophet ﷺ, whatever was taken from them by force, he wanted to return it to them by raiding the what? The caravans of the mushrikeen on the way to where? To Asham. And what happened when the Prophet ﷺ went to meet this caravan? We covered this in the last class. What happened? That caravan escaped the Prophet ﷺ. So now in that battle, in that battle, there was no fighting. And what did the Prophet ﷺ do after that? He went back to Medina. But he didn't give up. He went back to Medina because wherever he's going is going to be what? He's going to come back. So the Prophet went back to Medina with the Sahaba, waiting for it to come back from Asham. And when he comes back with Asham, it's going to be Muhammad. It's going to be fully loaded. Because they'll take things from Mecca to sell there and come back with a full caravan. So the Prophet whatever is coming back is going to be Muhammad, fully loaded. And in truth, when he reached Asham, and he was coming back, the Prophet ﷺ received news that they're coming back with a fully loaded caravan. This caravan was so loaded, it had a thousand camels. Thousand camels, and in terms of worth, it, had, it was a worth of 50,000 dinar, which is a lot of money in those days. And, of course, they had to have security. Guarding this caravan, only 40 men. This is Ghanima. This is an easy booty for the Prophet ﷺ. 40 men, a thousand camels, and 50,000 dinar. So the Prophet ﷺ, he started to spread this news amongst the companions. This is going to be an easy ghanima. So now, whilst the Prophet ﷺ was spreading this news, the Quraysh, the person they put in charge of this caravan, from the most intelligent and the sharpest of the Arab, Abu Sufyan, was a mushrik at that time. Abu Sufyan, knowing they're going to have to pass through near Medina, he was extremely cautious. So what he would do, you would send eyes forth, human drones. Before they reach anything, you'll send someone forth to survey the area. Not only would you do this, he himself will ask many questions. So Abu Sufyan, based on his many questioning and sending, sending eyes forward, he knew the Muslims, they were moving, they were up to something. So Abu Sufyan, immediately, he hired a rider to go to Makkah. Yeah, as fast as he could. 
to warn the Quraysh, Muhammad and his companions about to engage a caravan, come and save your wealth. At the same time, the Prophet was preparing the Sahaba. And he told them, this is an easy ghanima. You know what I mean? The Sahaba went out to Badr. They were going to Badr. 313. Some say 314, 317. 300 and how many? 14. Only two horses. Because they were not going for a battle. Only two horses and 70 camels. So they went out to Badr. And the majority of them were from Al-Khazraj. From Al-Khazraj, from the tribe of Khazraj, which was one of the tribes of Medina, they numbered all in all 117. From Al-Aws, the other tribe, major tribe of Medina, was 61. How many is left now from the Muhajirin? <laughs> it was 314. Oh, three. Jayid? Now, 82. 82. Yeah, there was 117 plus 61. So the left, the mat left now from the Muhajiri was how many? 82. So they went out to meet this caravan, Jayid. Now, they went to Al Badr. The reason they chose Badr was, you know, when you're traveling on a highway on a motorway, there's what they call a pit stop, a resting place. Badr, up to this day, is a rest spot, resting spot. Palm trees, houses, wells. So usually when they're coming back, they'll stop there for a day or two, a night, one hour. It was a resting spot. So they had to pass through it. And the unique thing about Badr is surrounded by mountains, very high mountains. They only had three manfa, three exit points, northern, southern, and western. And it was easy for the Prophet ﷺ to block all of these points. So the Sahaba went there to block these three and they will trap them in Al-Badr. So now Abu Sufyan had to pass through Badr. That's the only place he could pass through. So Abu Sufyan, he, when he got to Badr, he got near Badr, not to Badr himself. He set eyes forward and he himself went and asked the people near Badr, have you seen anybody at all? The people of Badr said, we saw two men on, on horses. He said, show me where their horses were. And he went to their horses, where the horses were, and he put up the dung, rubbed it with his hand, and just by the grains and the roughage of the horse, he said, This wallahi min nawah al yathrib. This grain from the dung of the horse is from the grains of yathrib, of Medina. Immediately he took a diversion. He took a diversion they never ever take. He went to Sahil and Bahar, to the coast, all the way to the west, and avoided battle completely, all the way towards the west, and avoided battle completely. So now the Quraysh, they received this news that the caravan is about to be raided. But they didn't know Abu Sufyan took a diversion. So they left the Quraysh. They rushed and took all their weapons. Every single man from not Quraysh, from Makkah, from the tribes of Makkah they left. Except for Abu Lahab and Bani Adi. And they numbered, in number, 1,300. And how many of the Sahaba of Allah? 330. 1,300 and they came out fully loaded with weapons and they were heading towards where? towards Badr and the people, the commander of the people of Mecca was who? Abu Jahl he was their commander he was happy this was happening they started to head now in the same way that Abu Sufyan was sent surveillance for what the Prophet also did counter surveillance so in the same way of sending people, the Prophet ﷺ would send people. So he knew that Abu Sufyan had taken a diversion. So the Prophet ﷺ also went to Sahil al-Bahr to catch him. 
also went to the coast to catch a by the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Abu Sufyan escaped. It was too late. They reached there, he had escaped. So now, in the same way he escaped, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also received news that the Quraysh had left with all his forces, all his might to come to fight the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. At this point, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he informed the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as he would do, وَأَمْرُهُمْ شُورَ بَيْنَهُمْ That they would do, consult with each other. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he called the Sahaba and he said to them, that we didn't come out to fight, we didn't come out for a battle, but Quraysh now, they've left with their full might. So he said to them, أَيُّهَا nas أَشِيرُ عَلَيْهَا People give me the opinion. The first person to stand up battle is Sadiq radiallahu He said basically, in short, it's up to you. If you want us to go back to Medina, we'll go back to Medina. If you want us to stay and fight, we'll fight. The second person to stand was Umar ibn Khattab and he said the same thing Abu Bakr said. Radiallahu anhu. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kept saying, Ayyuhannas ashiru alayhi, Ayyuhannas ashiru alayhi. He kept saying it. Until Miqdad stood up. Radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Miqdad ibn Amr, he stood up. And he said to the Prophet, Miqdad ibn Awas, he stood up. Radiallahu anhu. And he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that wallahi, we swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, la naqulu laka, كَمَا قَالَ بَنُوا إِسْرَائِيلُ مُوسَى إِذْهَبْ أَنْتَ وَرَبُّكَ فَقَاتِلَ إِنَّهَا هُنَا قَاعِدُونَ We'll never say to you, as the Jews said to Moses, that go, you and your Lord go and fight. We sit here and wait. He said, we're going to say to you, إِذْهَبْ Go, you and your Lord, and fight. إِنَّا مَعَكُمْ إِنَّا مَعَكَ مُقَاتِلُونَ We're going to go and fight with you. This is enough, subhanAllah. Look at the sacrifice of Sahaba This is an important point here. That the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala for people who are confused when you bump into people of innovation, people that have gone astray, say, I don't know how to debate with them. Number one, if you don't have knowledge, you should debate with those people. That insult the companions, the Prophet or any other people. But one point you can always ask them on is, who are the ones that fought with Prophet sallallahu What are the ones that sacrificed for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Who was the one that conquered what we see now from the Muslim land? Other than these companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Just asking, where are the graves of the Sahaba? There's an area called a Zubar. This area called Zubar is named after who? Zubayr ibn Awwab, because his grave is here. Abu Ayyub al-Ansari, who hosted the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he entered Medina. Where is the grave of Abu Ayyub al-Ansari? In Istanbul, imagine from Medina to Istanbul. Even some of the great of the Sahaba were in as far as China. And these people that insult the companions of the Prophet, they've not even opened a hand span, not even one centimeter of land. These are the companions of the Prophet. That subhanAllah, look at the sacrifice. That although they knew they outnumbered them more than three times, they were ready to fight. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he continued to ask, Ashiru Nobody understood, why are you asking the same thing again and again? The only person that understood was who? Sa'ad ibn Mu'ad. He understood what the Prophet sallam meant. That he meant who? The Ansar. That give me opinion. want to see what they want. Why? Because in Bay'ah al-Aqab al-Thaniyah, part of that Bay'ah was what? Protection, where? In Medina. Not outside Medina. If the Mushikeen attack Medina, will protect you. But outside Medina, no. 
And there's nobody that fulfilled his contract, his promises and covenant more than the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So he knew they didn't have to do it. So he said, "Ashiru ali." So Sa'id ibn Mu'adh understood straight away, and he said to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "La'allaka, maybe you mean us, meaning the Ansar." He said, "Waladi ba'athaka bilhaq." I'm speaking now. He said, "On behalf of all of the Ansar, by the one who sent you with the truth." We are not going to leave you to fight these people alone. He said, we will never leave you to fight them alone. He said, not a single arrow will hit you until it's passed through our chest. SubhanAllah. He said, no harm is going to come to you. And now they're on Sahil al-Bahar. He said, you see the sea? If you tell us to go into it with you, we're going into it, into battle. He said, la sabrun, And we're extremely patient fil harb. Wasidqun fil liqa. And when it comes to battle, we're very truthful. He said, Allah, and trust me, Allah is going to see, show you something from us that will make you please. At this point, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa continue upon the, upon the blessing of Allah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to them, Siru, continue, you likewise, upon the barakah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa abshiru, and I give you glad tidings. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ وَعَدَنِي بِإِحْدَ طَائِفَتَيْنِ Allah has promised one or two things. Either this booty or victory in war. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَاللَّهِ كَأَنَّنِي أَنْظُرْ إِلَى صَرْعِ الْقَوْمِ I could see the corpses of these people all over the place. As I'm speaking to you, I could see their corpses. Abu Jahl is going to be killed. Umayyah ibn Khalaf is going to be killed. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is informing them on this. As for the Quraysh, they were making their way. When the Mushrikeen, they reach the point Manfad or Udwa Al Qaswa, the southern entry point into Al Badr. Before reaching there, news came to them. Abu Sufyan sent another rider to them that Khalas, go back home, we're safe. Your goods are safe, come back to Mecca. Now, who's the commander? Abu Jahal. He said, Wallahi la la We're never going to go back. Because look, 313, they've not come out for war. We're 1,300. He said, La We're not going to go back. And this was the maqal, the statement of Abu Jahal. He said, Wallahi la narji'a. We're not going to go back until we reach Badr. When we get to Badr, we're going to spend three lovely nights in Badr. And in celebration and the party, it's a walkover. We're going to slaughter camels. Much alcohol is going to be drunk. And, and these maids or these dancing women are going to dance for us. So it's a party, it's a disco for Abu Jahl that we're not going to go back. Now, one of the mushrikeen at that time, a man by Akhnas ibn Shuraib al-Thaqafi, who was a tribal leader of Az-Zuhra. He said to Abu Jahl, Khalas, let's go back. And he's an old man, Abu Jahl, he said, this person has been affected in his brain by dementia. He's an old man, don't listen to him. So, Akhnas ibn Shuray, he took his people back with him. 300. So, how many remains now? 1,000. He still awoke over. So, Abu Jahal decided they're still going to continue. So, they continued to reach the southern entry point into Al Badr. And the Muslims reached on the same night from where? Udwa al Dunya, from the northern part. Or the entry point from Medina. So, they both reached at the same time. So when the Muslim reached the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he set up a camp. And the Sahaba, radiallahu ta'ala, they built 
a tent for the Prophet And this is how the Muslim GHQ, General Headquarter, or the Muslim Command Center of War should be. The purpose of this tent that the Prophet they built for him was, he spent it in salah, in dua, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for victory, in humility and servitude. And when they stopped there, one of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, Hubab, he came to the Prophet Hubab ibn Mundur, and he said, look, this is not a good place to stop, but rather we should continue forward. This is the Prophet received wahi from Allah but yet he took the opinions of his companions. He said to him, we should go forward, and what we should do, they're going to enter from the southern part. Let's go as far as we can to where we come across the nearest well to them. Because if they're coming from Mecca, whatever they brought is going to run out in terms of water. And they expect it anyway, they're going to get water working better. Let's block all their water and fill it with sand. So when we retreat in the battle, we could drink, they could not drink. So when they reach that point and they find no water there, they're going to have to move forward. And today, military experts and tacticians, they say 50% of victory is to force your enemy into where you want him to fight him. So the Sahaba, if they have no water then, if you look at the history of the Sahaba, the battle of Khalid bin Walid, all the battles, they always force their enemy in a certain position. So they force them into a position that they have to be in that position. So the Prophet ﷺ, he proceeded further. They blocked their wells and they retreated back. And then they built another command center for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When they built this command center for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it was here that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam started to plan the battle, tactically. That this person will be in this position, that person in this position, the archers will be there, these people will be there. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam started to plan the battle tactically. And then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam started to show them physically where they were. This is this person going to die here. This person going to be slaughtered here. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he started again to spend the rest of the night in dua, asking Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for victory, and in serving to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. On that particular night, Laylatul Badr, the night of Badr, he reigned. And the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they said, we've never had a better sleep than that night, Subhanallah that you know the next morning, this could be your last night in this dunya. You're going to die tomorrow. And the wars in those days, subhanAllah, swords, arrows, face to face, and they slept very peacefully. Because shahada was more beloved to the companions of Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentioned that incident in the Quran. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said, Allah Ta'ala covered you with slumberness, they slept like babies. As a what serenity from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he set down from the heavens water upon you to purify you and remove from you the filth of shaitan. And to make your hearts become firm. And he kept your feet firm on the ground. This water that was sakina for the Sahaba was calamity for the Mushikin. They were falling everywhere. It was muddy. They hated it. The worst night of their lives. And then the next day, Yomu Jumu'ah, like today, the day of Jumu'ah, the 17th of Ramadan, the battle of Badr began. The 17th of Ramadan, Yomu Jumu'ah. Next week, bi-ithnillahi ta'ala, we're going to the battle of battle, bi-ithnillahi ta'ala. Subhanakallah, alhamdulillah, shalom, wa ilayhi wa